Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Transmitting live from Planet Margate. This is episode three of Buddies Buddies with Sorrel Robbins of the Camelot Clinic. Greetings and welcome, buddies. How are you doing? Me? I'm fine. Thank you for asking. Bit of a change up today uh, because I'm recording this not in the reverberant confines of the buddy labs, but in a park in Margate. Got some seagull action. Thanks, seagulls. The presence is graciously appreciated. On the first intro, I recorded it by the sea. Tried that again today. The tide was coming in. Coupled with that, there were, to be honest, too many people. Um, obviously, I love people. Uh, I'm not not a people person by any means. But when it comes to recording intros like this or having phone conversations, uh, I tend to retreat and sort of want to curl up into a little ball or find a place that has... Uh, nobody around perhaps you can relate uh, i hope i don't sound too nuts but that's how it is at my right so yeah uh, i'm kind of by myself out in the field going for the adam buxton intro vibes minus rosie the dog and yeah it, it's super sweet very green nicely maintained oh, i was gonna gonna call it a lawn it's not a lawn is it a field uh nice sort of pleasant hum of traffic a couple of seagulls as introduced to you earlier they've kind of taken off um thank you as ever for the listens and for the feedback on the last episode which was with bobby and kate from telegram they were awesome real super lovely people and it was a yeah real pleasure to have a chat with them and it was it was great it's like a really interesting dynamic uh there's a lot of stuff that I didn't know about them, uh, obviously, and uh, as, as is the nature of these conversations. But yeah, it was just it was cool sort of hearing about the process and influences and heroes and you know origin stories, all that kind of malarkey. It was, it was really really cool. Uh, yeah, it was a really inspiring chat. This week is no exception. So, I mean, again, this is a situation where if you live in Margate, you will no doubt know 
of my guest uh, and her her business. Um, if if not, well, perfect opportunity to get acquainted with uh, Miss Sorrel Robbins. I realised that my mouth has trouble saying the word Sorrel, so you'll be surprised, probably impressed, maybe a little intrigued at the amount of takes it took to say Sorrel Robbins on the intro. Uh, but with the beauty of the editing equipment I have, I was able to seamlessly stitch together a word-perfect introduction. Basically, Camomile Clinic is the place. Uh, this is where all of this, all of this stuff happens, everything we've talked about. Uh, basically, it operates from within the Camomile Clinic, which is on uh, it's number 60 Harold Road, which is off North Down Road in Margate. And um, Sorrel is like, she's a, a fully accomplished... Let me have a look here, just so I get it correct. Uh, medical herbalist, hypnotherapist, aromatherapist, and shamanic healer, teacher, and therapist since 1996. I'm going off the website here, just so I get it all uh, present and correct. So, whether you want to describe it as alternative healing or uh, holistic, I mean, there's a, there's a, there are a lot of semantics and a lot of different ways you could you could talk about it but we we get into all of that in the chat so i'll i'll sort of save all that till then as you'll hear you know as always i I have a bit of trouble finding the words to explain it because i I never want to you know like be i I never want to be like reductive with anything i say and i always i really want to say that you know use the correct words and you know make make sure i'm I'm, I'm using the right terminology because there, there could be words I say in my admitted ignorance that um, perhaps it, it sort of hits wrong or, or I'm, you know, I'm, I'm explaining something in a way where Sorrel might be like, oh, I've had to deal with this all the time. This isn't what you, this isn't the, this isn't the word. This isn't how you explain it. So, yeah, bear, bear with me on that. I, I kind of come to this as somebody who I'm just genuinely curious and I don't know a ton about it. And it's really cool to find out in real time. And, you know, in whatever preparation I did, uh, it, it was, you know, I had like questions and various points I wanted to get to. But a lot of it is, you know, it's, it was guided by Sorrel. And you can tell from the, the conversation that she is an incredible speaker and her skills at guiding a conversation are it's seemingly effortless and yeah I'm even wary of using that because it implies you know she makes it look easy but she kind of does like she she just sort of it it was it was a very easy chat and you know if anyone comes to me saying I love the podcast I'll be like well you you loved Sorrel because she she did all of the work and yeah I just I was you know as I was editing it I was just listening to it thinking like god damn like this is this is fantastic like I'm, I'm picking up so much from this and um like I, you know going back to sort of relearn it all was fascinating and you know there, there's a lot that I, I kind of forgot that we talked about because we recorded this a little while back but yeah it, it was I hope, I hope you get a lot from it um I'll start by how it all looks in there so you know immediately you you go in and it's a you know an un- unassuming hallway you go in you turn right you go into the room that's you spend some time talking to Sorrel and she gets to know you and whatnot. But you have a look to the left and you're greeted with this glorious display of glass jars full of all kinds of herb extracts and, and herbs. And it just, it's like a, just like this incredible just feast of 
natural goodness. It, it's so cool. Um, I'm trying to think of appropriate words to describe it, but it's just very, very cool. <laughs> um, it's like a it's sort of like a Victorian sweet shop kind of deal, but uh, very, very 2019 and not full of sweets. So yeah. Anyway, long story short, um, there's so much about what she does that I'm I'm just I'm fascinated by it. Uh, I, I'm really interested in. I mean, it, it, firstly, the you know what she does and like things like shamanic retreats and cacao ceremonies, vision journeys, um, and then you got soul retrievals. I mean, it sounds mystical and magical, but when when you actually hear the the process involved and what it's about, it sort of it goes from being something sort of out of one's realm into like oh actually no this is something that I could facilitate in my day-to-day life or this is actually quite a you know it's a very tangible thing and uh so it's nice to get a a, like a proper sort of insight into that world and she's she's incredible at I guess simplifying it into ways that I I could understand (laughs) and hopefully you'll be able to understand too you know it's not it's not lofty and it's not drowned in um you know like crazy jargon or anything like that it's very accessible and it's very within one's grasp i'd say Uh, a couple of items coming up at the chamomile clinic so there is a cacao ceremony which you're gonna again you're gonna hear all about that and i'm sure you'll be properly interested in signing up to that uh I really want to do it. Um, so there's a cacao ceremony, which is this one's based around connecting with our ancestors, which is coming up on Monday, October the 28th, which is from 7 till 10 p.m. She recently started their YouTube channel as well, which is called Chamomile and Cacao. So everything's spelled as it sounds. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll put links and everything up so you don't have to go scrambling around Googling or anything. Otherwise, contact details, camomileclinic.co.uk for all the website, action, dates, agenda, all that goodness. Uh, Facebook, Camomile Clinic. Instagram.com, Camomile Clinic. Everything as it sounds. Again, links will be shown. You won't have to do anything other than click on them. So, it's a long intro. I thought i would be able to crystallize this down into a nice little two minute nugget but apparently that's not the case so hopefully you've found some you know comfort in the soothing sounds of nature going on around me with that in mind you've been holding on too long so let's get straight into it uh ladies and gentlemen proudly presenting episode three of buddies buddies this is sorrel robbins of the chamomile clinic enjoy as well but only once yeah. what was that oh was um, it i think it was lbc oh really yeah something like that oh so you're used to the uh grade really, a level it, oh no it was it, i think i was probably terrible uh it was about 20 odd years ago do you remember what you were talking shamanism <laughs> oh, yeah and okay. i'd only just um i've still got a tape recording of it somewhere probably and it was the beginning so i'd only probably been practicing about two years uh-huh. so i probably wasn't very confident that I knew what the hell I was talking about either. But probably the person asking you questions wasn't... No, they didn't have a clue. Yeah, so you could have just been like, well, actually... I could have if I'd known how to be more arrogant in those days, but yeah, I hadn't quite grown my arrogance 
abilities as much as I have since then. But now it's strong and now I'm strongly arrogant. And, yeah. yeah, yeah, I can really look down on other people. Excellent. From a height. Yeah, what we were aiming for that arrogance, <laughs> that pedestal. sense of status. Yeah, why not? yeah. <laughs> so I am. Privileged to be sitting in the house of Sol Robbins, the Prime Minister, Mayor, uh, Chairwoman, CEO, Founder of Chamomile Clinic. Yeah, that's right. Hi. <laughs> Hello. Thank you for inviting me on. <laughs> My pleasure. It's very nice to speak to you, Sol. How are you today? It is Tuesday afternoon. What's What's the deal? How are you doing? I'm good. I'm buzzing. It's a sunny day and uh, I have had a good day with my clients all telling me how wonderful I am. You are very blessed. I you, am. You live a charmed life, so I do. <laughs> that's, that's lovely. But we happen to be sitting in a very dark room, but it's real kind of... It's pink though. It's, it's, it's full of, of love vibes. It's kind of French and sleazy. Not that I do it. <laughs> That's what the Camelot Clinic's all about. (laughs) Oh, I dig it, I dig it. It has got some um, French uh, art on the wall. Oh, maybe that's what did it. I just saw French work. There is a half-naked lady on the wall, Nick. Avert your eyes. Oh, yeah. But she's not showing her nipples. Okay. They're hidden. All right. I'm not going to throw a blanket over that. You're all good. Um, Yeah, well, so you run the Camelot Clinic, and I'm assuming you founded it. Uh, yes, I did. I did. Um, it's just a name really about it. It's, it's a title that we came up with to try and describe what I do because I do so many different things. I didn't know what to call myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, the chamomile clinic covers it. Um, I am a multidisciplinary practitioner, so I do a lot of different things. I have the herbal medicine was my original training and that yeah. was a big four year training, four year degree. And from there, it spiralled into all sorts of other work. So the work, yeah. uh, the hands-on healing work, um, studying Reiki and tuning in to the Reiki vibration, that was massive for me. That really changed me onto a more spiritual path as well. Because right. the herbal medicine is very biochemical. And it's quite it's, f- sort of physical and Yeah, it's very tangible. Western medical Western medical model. Yeah. And so I was trained by doctors uh, and the doctors were from all over the planet. So we had Russian doctors, Chinese doctors, African doctors. Was that training? In this country. Okay. In, yeah. in, uh, and we trained in hospitals as well. So we went and we, we worked in hospitals with real patients with real life problems Whoa. and learned how to diagnose like doctors. Uh, but instead of how to use drugs, we learned about how to use herbs. And this is a, a more um, traditional way of working in their countries. So in this country, we've had orthodox medicine for about 500 years, but 80% mm-hmm. of the planet is still using herbal medicine as its primary form of medicine. Mm-hmm. And us Westerners think we're above it all. And we, <laughs> we've kind of trying to say that herbal medicine doesn't work, but most of our medicines are made from herbs anyway. Yeah, that's, I was thinking that the other day. It was like, I was, I was sort of just thinking about Camomile Clinic in general. We'll, we'll get to everything it entails, but it's, it's weird that I guess it can sometimes be referred to as alternative, but it's not it's not really that alternative, is it? Or it's, it's kind of like it's on the same page, but there's just it's like a different approach. I would like it maybe. to be on the same page. I would like us to do what works. So if I get hit by a bus, I want the NHS to send their best ambulance to pick me up and give me a, a shot of morphine, please, mm-hmm. or whatever else they want to give me to make the pain go away yeah. um, and fix me. But if I have depression or anxiety, then I 
know what herbs to turn to and I know what meditation techniques to turn to. Um, I don't need to go to the NHS for that. So I'd like to see them both working together. I'd like to see them collaborating more rather than calling us alternative. I don't know if we're still alternative, still the kind of fashionable term it was when I was training 20 odd years ago, alternative was the way we were termed. It feels like an old fashioned sort of catch all. It feels a bit derogatory as well. Like we're not quite good enough to be the real deal. So we're like the one on the side, the fringe. Uh, But really I see us as the mainstream and they have uh, the orthodox medical people took over about 500 years ago and said, we're the boss now. Mm. Everyone else is the alternative. (laughs) And I think now we are waking up to realise there is a lot of, uh, there's a lot of scientific reason to to use these so-called alternatives now. We're waking up to the way that herbs do actually work on the body. They are very complex, so they're hard to study in a scientific ways that we study other drugs, but we can study them and we can uh, define the chemicals that work in different brain receptors, for example. So we know mm-hmm. that valerian works on the GABA receptors of the brain and that's how it helps us to go to sleep at night. It knocks you out a little bit like Valium does, but it's much lighter so it doesn't give you the hangover that Valium does. What's it called? V- valerian. 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 Yeah, number one herb for if you're trying to get to sleep, try valerian first. Where, where does that come from? Uh, it comes from the valerian plant. So it's okay. valeriana officinalis and you dig out the roots in the autumn yeah. or you buy it from a shop if you don't want to grow it in your garden and uh-huh. dig out the roots. If you don't own an allotment. No, and it's really stinky stuff. Cats love oh. it. So you might oh. see, if you dig it out, you might see the cats rolling around in it like they do with catnip. Oh, yeah. They it's, think it's delightful stuff. Is it that kind of, is it a similar family? Or I don't think it is. They have a very different smell as well. Like catnip smells mm. like mint, but valerian smells a bit weird, a okay. bit like, yeah, something you might want to flush down the toilet. So it's not something that you generally want to drink as a cup of tea either. So most people take it as a powder in a capsule or they take a tincture of it. So it's a, it's a shot. Yeah. So all of these different reasons we've, we've called ourselves alternative, but really with a mainstream, I see it as the mainstream considering that 80% of the world is still using herbal medicine as its primary form of medicine. To me, it's quite annoying. Yeah. That there's, it's quite binary where it's sort of one or the other. It does hold us back, I think, in our progress, yeah. but it's it's come about because we wanted it to. So we go to the doctor and we ask for a pill and the pill hopefully makes us better. And, yeah. and that's great if that was the solution. But I think we're realising that's not the solution to all our ills. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of uh, different diseases maybe than there were 100 years ago. Yeah, and course, when yeah. the NHS was set up, was it kind of nineteen late 1940s after the Second World War? You'd have to tell me. I so. think it's around then. I okay. used to teach history of medicine, but I've forgotten it a lot because I haven't taught it for about 15 years. <laughs> a, a um, it was set up with a very different type of community and a different world. And it's not really functioning in the way that we might have wanted it to and we're not being rescued by it in the way that we might like to be rescued by it for our depression and our our chronic illnesses that mm. we're now suffering from. Things which we might not have suffered from like 100 years ago. Yeah. So people didn't have ME and chronic fatigue or they weren't complaining about it 100 years ago. I mean, perhaps it was even written off as something else or... Yeah, like maybe hysteria now oh, or something yeah, else. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Or maybe we just died younger. Yeah. So people like that just didn't live as long. Yeah. 
But yeah, also we had remedies in those days that we would have had passed down generation to generation. So even now though we have them, we have lemon and ginger tea. Mm. Is that, is that like an age old? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, lemon, I, yeah, lemon and ginger tea is something we've all and honey as well. Yeah. Lemon and honey probably more than ginger. Ginger's more of a modern thing, isn't it? And it's really it has that comfort. It's like a sort of almost like a mother's milk type thing. Absolutely, you sort of drink it and it's really you feel like you're it's like you're connected to a you're tapping into like a historical yeah. Handed it's down something your mother remedy. gave you and your mother's yeah. mother gave you. And, yeah. and my dad used to pour a bit of whiskey in it, which is medicinal <laughs> as, again. So yeah, it's a different time, wasn't it? Yeah, so? and sometimes a bit of cinnamon or. Yeah. And then you can turn it into a, a winter drink as well, and that becomes yeah. medicinal. So yeah, yeah, yeah. we are all using herbal medicines. We're just not realizing, like even just putting sage in your in your cooking is medicinal in its own right. way. But we're not thinking about them in the same way. We've forgotten the deeper knowledge. We've forgotten the more detailed knowledge. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think we've got a hunger now for it again. We we want to learn how we can integrate more natural ways of living into our life. Yeah, and to be yeah. healthier because we are all living longer and we don't necessarily want to live fast and die young anymore. I think that was a bit of a fashionable mm. way to live for previous generations. We're yeah, realising that yeah. we're going to live to 100, then we better take care of our bodies. Yeah, yeah and I guess even you know, things like smoking is like, I mean, it's always been seen as cool, but like, you know, the James Dean kind of... That's know, dying like, out though, isn't it? That idea that smoking is cool so. seems to be dying out. yeah. I, I really hope so because I, when I smoked, I used to want to look like James Dean, which is really ridiculous. Yeah. There's no way I'm a little girl; I could never look like James <laughs> Dean. But yeah, it's something about. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I used to think it was something to do with like you kind of you know this thing's gonna have ill effects on your health, but not yet. It's like not yet. I, I'm still in control of my own. Well, our bodies are amazingly adaptable. We yeah. do manage to smoke for quite a long time before it does us damage. Yeah, it's weird. I think I smoked. For, how long? How long was you? How long did you? Serve only in for only for about ten, fifteen years. I gave up when I was in my twenties, but I started yeah. when I was eleven. I started uh, young. Yeah, you got two years on me. I think I started yeah. when I was thirteen. Yeah, you see, we were young, round the back of the bike sheds, being cool. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It seemed like now I look back, it's like, like why wasn't anyone stopping me? But I mean, they couldn't have done. But it's it's like if I'd have seen thirteen-year-old me smoking yeah, now, absolutely. I'd have just what the hell are you doing? Hand, yeah, like, yeah. yeah but that was how we had fun in those days. Yeah, and cigarettes were so cheap as well. They were very cheap and very easy to get hold of. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was always like big and had a deep voice. So, and I had long hair as well. When I was 13, I had long hair and somehow it sort of... It was the way to be a grown-up in those days. Yeah. Yeah, like but it doesn't behind... seem that that's the popular deal anymore. People don't, the kids don't seem to want to drink so much. Or my, I have friends yeah, right. who have kids that are in their 20s now that are my age. Yeah. I waited to have my kids later, but they've kind of had them at a more sensible age in their 20s. <laughs> and they're telling me there is an absolute different shift in the generation, that they are not all out oh, partying and getting drunk. They are much more responsible human beings. Wow. So there's That's a shift in human consciousness. It's yeah. happening. I'm I'm crossing my fingers, crossing my legs, hoping this is it, real. Yeah. Because they're not my kids yet. My kids are still so young, I can't really see how they're going to be. Sure I hope be. they're rainbow warriors. They will be. They'll be I hope they're going to save the per- planet. Perfect in every way. Yeah. I'm training them up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, they're in the right environment. They are. So. And they can do a good herb walk already. So they can take you around the garden and show you 10 oh, different yeah. herbs and teach you what they're good for. It's more than I could have done back in the day. I could have exactly. shown you around a record shop and picked you out a nice selection of records. Well, that you, would but... have helped me out as well. But... <laughs> well, I don't know. If you like hardcore hip hop, then yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'll be fine. Yeah. That, that's good to hear because often you hear like, that's, well, I don't use the expression, but the term millennials like to describe another, yeah, you know, the next generation of uh, younger people. But like it, 
you, you often hear them talked about in a derogatory sense, and it's sort of like uh, millennials don't care about stuff, or like you know they it wasn't their phones. I haven't met like, those ones. Yeah, so I, I've, I don't I've feel done like I all have. right. Yeah. I don't want to meet those ones. No, but uh, you know, if anyone, like my rosy vision of of humanity, I've got yeah people. Yeah, no, no, keep it. It's good. But like, it, it if anyone's on their phones all day, it's more like people in my age group. Yeah, like, we're just like, oh, cool, we've got this glowing screen. I'm, I'm absolutely wise. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I was looking on your website, on your very pretty website. I was, I was checking out the testimonials. Yeah. So let me just. Uh, let me just rattle off a couple. So, uh, testimonial number one, the calm in my currently stormy world. I'll definitely be back. Testimonial two, Sorrel, you're a guardian angel. Testimonial three, the heart of Margate's healing scene. This is the one I was interested in because I'm, I guess what you call a Margate baby. I've been here for about a year. Yeah. Um, but since moving here, I'm getting to know the ins and outs and what's going on under the surface and all this sort of, all that, all that comes with that. But um, what does the Margate healing scene look like? It's to you. It's grown massively since I moved here. So when I moved here four and a half years ago, there was the Hawley Health Centre. I think that's what it's called, run by the lovely girl Shearer, okay. and she's an amazing osteopath and acupuncturist. And there were other osteopaths there, and I think physios. But that was really it. And there were, there's people in Broadstairs. There was a few different individuals scattered around, but there wasn't much else going on. And then since mm. I've come here, I've set up the Camomile Clinic, which is myself. And then there has been other practitioners practicing from here as well. And we've run a lot of other events for other practitioners here. Yeah. And at the moment, we're not doing that so much. We're focusing more on running the cacao ceremonies and the red tent mm-hmm. and the other things that we do. That's fine. Later. There's plenty of um, <laughs> chat around that. Nice. And there's been yoga studios opening up everywhere. So I think since I've been here, there must be like five new yoga studios in Margate yeah, opening right, up. Right. There's just so much collaboration going on as well. Like the people that have come and worked with me are collaborating with each other, doing new projects, running retreats together. Mm-hmm. So when I moved here, I was so shocked that there weren't more therapists here. I was like, this yeah. is an absolute amazing place. You've got the sea, you've yeah. got the amazing people. I was surrounded by artists. And because I, I was working in Shoreditch for 10 years before I moved here, okay. this has been nicknamed Shoreditch on Sea, this place, yeah, yeah, because yeah. of the people that have moved here. Yeah, yeah. And it absolutely is Shoreditch on Sea in yeah, the, the type of community that... When I moved here, they were absolutely the the same kinds of people I've been working with, the artists that I've been working with mm. in Shoreditch. And so it felt ridiculously comfortable and at home mm, yeah, uh, to yeah. come. And I am not surprised at all that there's been loads of therapists who have moved here and all setting up very successfully in business and all sharing skills and all networking together. And we're having mm. a lovely time creating really nice events together yeah. and having lots of fun. That's really nice. It's a collaborative scene. It's it not is. like a sort of uh, us or them, which is... No, there's a, not yeah. a sense of competition, I don't think, in Margate, no. which is... I, or not. I don't perceive it like that. I don't feel that the different people who are coming are feeling a compet- uh, competitive kind of nature between each other. It's all very, very supportive. Yeah. And it, it sort of chimes in with the it's almost like the like the discovery of remedies or different 
ways of healing like there's a lot of people working together to get to more and more remedies and kind of approaches. We're all looking for the answers yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, so it kind of it works with that it's like yeah very... and we need to support each other so all the therapists yeah, yeah. are very supportive of each other as well and yeah, we can call yeah. each other up and say i'm having a hard time help me and then that's really nice so that we yeah, know yeah. we've always that i've got you know 10 different therapists that i can call locally and go and go and get my own uh, like i can get my shoulders rubbed or i can get yeah. my my spleen chi tonified uh, yeah I know, I know a good or i can go and get go and do some good yoga or you know yeah, there's yeah. Lots, there's so many different places i can go and restore my own soul so that i can be a better therapist as well yeah perfect. so it's a perfect place to live yeah yeah you, you definitely need to sort of keep yourself finely tuned i guess for, i do so, yeah, i do and i take full advantage of all the people here yeah so i can do that and rely on them as well for my yeah, yeah. for my own support of my own being Absolutely. So how, how do you like, do you find it a lot easier to identify health issues in yourself or, and like those around you now you're a fully qualified pro? Of course, of course. I think you miss, it's like a constant awakening though as well. Like you think, oh, why didn't I realise that like two years ago, quite Mm. often in your own uh, development. So especially when it's dealing with, with emotional stuff and stress and anxiety, people are constantly unfolding what they need to let go of and what they need to do more of to become mm. a happier person. Yeah. Um, but the skills, and that's my, my body's pretty strong. I'd say it's more for me. Yeah. All my skills I channel into more the kind of spiritual conscious expansion now. So I'm more, right. I'm working with that. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. 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 I want to, I want to get to that because I was like looking on your on your bio on the website and um it mentions I mean among other things so you've got like like reiki hypnotherapy hypnobirthing aromatherapy which is also for kids is it a regular thing it's hoping to be a regular thing yeah awesome. for the kids yeah okay. all right so keep eyes on the website yeah. and facebook page for that okay so what uh, intrigues me the most they all intrigue me equally but this one piques my interest uh, shamanic healing Please to explain. Oh, shamanic, shamanic healing. healing is such a massive subject, but it's such a wonderful one. I, it's it's a very. I started in the shamanic down the shamanic training route because I was I'd already trained as a hypnotherapist, and I met a shamanic healer, and we were talking about the processes that she did with people, and there was a massive crossover between the visualization exercises that I was teaching my clients and the shamanic processes she was teaching her clients. Mm -hmm. So we decided to work together and, and see where there was an overlap. And then she basically taught me everything she knew. And she trained with Michael Harmer and Leo Rutherford, who both trained in, in America, in North America. So in native American traditions. So we trained in soul retrieval and extraction work. So looking at the energy of the body and taking out negative energies, Mm -hmm. If your negative energies could be anything from like someone shouted at you in a road rage incident and you kind of feel like there's a bit of a sticky anger kind of on your yeah. left shoulder still from it and you might get that cleansed away to something yeah. your father said repeatedly when you were a child that you need to get sucked out your head. That yeah. kind of, that can be a sticky energy. It, perf- it perfectly explains that because it's like, you know, the, 
like you're saying, like road rage stuff. Like if you have a weird interaction in the morning, it can sort of mm. it sticks to you, and it's like it, you, you're, it's you're like you're vibrating a different kind of energy from that person. I, so it's good yeah. to it's good to know methods to cleanse your energy. I think of it as when I mean, we had it the other day, like we just left the house and like driving down the road. It's like I think we left the house one minute too late or something. It's like nothing's fitting together. We're getting cut off there. Somebody just ran out in front. It's like oh, one minute left. too early. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Or, or maybe it's the right time and we, we just needed... It was to perfect and you needed that contrast carefully. that day. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, continue. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> it's, it, this is very shamanic. <laughs> um, the contrast that you're experiencing when you are experiencing those negative things is there. We, we remember this in shamanism that it's there to teach you. So all these things are here to teach us for a reason. Right. So when you experience the good stuff, well done. You sowed a good seed and it grew to be a beautiful flower. That's great. You manifested something good. But when you've accidentally manifest something negative in your reality, then that's just to show you what you need to let go of mm. and what isn't working for you. Um, so you can continue to work with whatever is thrown at you yeah, with kind of yeah. a satisfied smug grin and go, ha, 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 yes, I can take anything. <laughs> yeah, uh, and not let it get to you and keep going. The shamanism can help you to work out what you're here for. It helps you to find ways to tune into you and let go of the conscious voices of other people as well. Like we have a an idea in shamanism that you are a third your mother, a third your father and a third yourself. Mm. And in some cultures, Native American cultures, the grandmothers would take you away at about six weeks old and wash away the ancestral voices so that you could be the most you you could possibly be oh, wow. in this lifetime. How, how did that take place like what what was the i don't know so much about it this is a story from a woman brooke medicine eagle is a uh, a native american teacher i work with who is in her mid-70s now and she picked the brains of her grandmothers mm. and her grandmother's friends and tried to collect as many stories as possible and then she's wandering the globe now sharing her native american oh, wisdom and wow. the stories of the grandmothers yeah, yeah and this is one of the stories she tells of how we all lived in community and how we lived more shamanically yeah. and they don't call it shamanism in in that culture they call it being a medicine person right so right. this again was another thing do i call myself a medicine person I called myself the chamomile clinic in the end because it was the yeah. easiest way to explain it to a British audience that yeah, yeah, it's that a clinic and it's got chamomile. And yeah. um, I also like chamomile because it's a very powerful plant, but at the same time, it's really gentle uh, and you wouldn't know. It's sneaky. It kind of mm. sneaks in and it reduces inflammation and it calms yeah. everything down and it stops you feeling angry. And sneaky. Yeah, I'm a sneaky, I'm a sneaky therapist. Stealth therapy. Yeah, so I can, I can sneak in and make people happy when they're not even expecting it. I did get somebody off alcohol once before they were ready and they came back very upset the next appointment because they weren't ready for their... Uh, for their rehab experience just yet. Yeah. They were yeah, a week that's, early. That's interesting because yeah. the, the medicine just worked and he just didn't want to drink anymore. But he wanted to get some. He wanted to, want he wanted to, to drink know still. when the time was going to happen. Yeah. Like, like, I think <laughs> this is how, how mental our addictions can be yeah. that we're like, we're not ready to give up the addiction. The addiction stops and then we're unhappy that our addiction yeah. has stopped. Well, it makes sense because you're, it's like you're living with this thing in you and it's like, it's in many ways it's, it's giving you, it's telling you the time. It's like, no, 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 yeah. no, no, we're drinking now. Like, yeah. What, like we need to drink now. You dumb Absolutely. Like, it was breakfast so. for him. Yeah. 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 I'd ruined his breakfast routine. For all for good though. It was in the end. Yeah. Yeah. So back to shamanism. So we've got energy work where we can take away negative energies, but equally we can find out what our energy is, why we're here, what the purpose of us is on mm. this planet. 
uh, it looks at healing uh, yourself, but equally it looks at healing the ancestors. So they go back generations, back maybe seven generations uh, to look at where the healing might need to happen. And equally, yeah. they believe that we should be thinking seven generations ahead right. so that we should be thinking maybe 150 years ahead about all the decisions we're making today, yeah, yeah. which to me makes quite a lot of sense. If you look at where we are now, the decisions that we made 200 years ago are now peaking. So all of the industrial revolution mm. began around 200 years ago. And here we are at the peak of yeah. the results of the industrial revolution and the plastics poisoning the planet. And yeah, yeah. now we need to go, okay, so that was yeah. seven generations worth of shit. Let's sort this out. Yeah, yeah. No, We've that, just done a lot of bad stuff. Yeah, no, definitely. That's, that's like perfect sort of analogy for where we are now. But yeah. it's, and it's like um, maybe that seven generations is sort of like that's naturally the amount of time it takes you to sort of take stock of, sort of where you are. Yeah, I would like it if we yeah. could get healthy enough to live around that amount of time. So if we were living yeah. 150 years, you know, that would really show you Mm. what you are you, the decisions you're making and how they manifest out yeah. through other people's experience yeah yeah, yeah for sure we'd have to take more responsibility yeah so i wonder if that is how we will evolve as humans and that then yeah. our consciousness will evolve with that as well as we physically evolve we'll have to consciously evolve because we'll see yeah. our we'll see the garden that we're sowing some yeah. of the seeds yeah. we sow we don't see sprout because we're dead already yeah so we've got to keep making we're sure we're sprouting the right seeds in our garden and sowing yeah, the right seeds. Absolutely. I, th I think it's, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, we're talking about younger people, but I, I feel like there's definitely that that's going on. People are sort of shrugging off the sort of, I mean, I'm not saying things like you know, racism or like attitudes, males in society are anywhere near fixed, but I feel like the conscious conscience is sort of shifting ever so slightly. Yeah. And there's things that were like, you know, they've always been deplorable, but... I feel like yeah, back in the eighties, it was stuff that uh, in, in my child mind, I was just sort of I didn't. If maybe it sort of resonated a bit funny with me, but I didn't know why. But like now, it's like oh god, no, that was things on TV and stuff. It's yeah, like, that, no, you watch you it can't now. Show you, that now. You, and, yeah, absolutely, it's quite yeah. funny. I don't let my what my kids watch anything with any violence in at all. Right. But even now, there's still stuff which is derogatory on the TV yeah. or people putting other people down on the TV that I'd rather they weren't seeing that kind of language. Yeah. yeah but yeah. that's, I, I can get quite perfectionist about it. I have to let go a little bit. Yeah, it's tricky. I know that, yeah, I was, I definitely watched a lot of awful stuff back yeah, in the day. Like, the too. amount of zombie films. And I, I used to think like, yeah, I'm a real zombie film fan. It's like, well, no, I just started watching them early. I'm not even, a, I don't like them anymore. <laughs> like, oh, I had a phobia of zombies for about 25 years from a, watching zombie films when I was a kid. <laughs> and I used to go to sleep every night scared of zombies until I did a an EFT session with a therapist uh, where you tap, you tap acupressure points on the body while saying different affirmations. Oh, okay. And we went round and round and round in circles talking about this fear of zombies that I had because I didn't really think about it. It was just a thing that every night for about five seconds I would go, ah, zombies, yeah. before I went to sleep at night. It was just, that was, that was the only residue of the fear left. Um, it's understandable though. But then she was like, let's clear it. Why, why, are you, why are you letting this happen to you? Let's just clear it. So mm. we did. And the, the resolution of it was that I um, realised that all hung, all zombies actually just need to cuddle. And so uh, we had this um, vision of me cuddling the zombies while tapping oh, all these okay. acupressure points to heal the energy. And then I was no longer afraid of zombies at night. Oh. And then we went on a zombie holiday 
and uh, me and my partner holiday. Tristan and we dressed up as zombies and we were in the biggest zombie movie ever made and so I conquered my fear of zombies and became one of them ah, yeah seized your fear so now I, I any excuse to dress up as a zombie and I'm I'm good ah, so you've made peace with the I've zombies. made peace with them I've cuddled them we're all friends now but yeah anything is along. possible yeah so yes don't be afraid of the zombies but yes don't watch too many zombie movies when you're a kid because it can no. it can mean you need to spend a lot of money on EFT when you're older yeah I'd say maybe be a bit afraid of zombies. <laughs> you know, in the in the forthcoming zombie apocalypse, we need to be. Uh, well, yeah, or prepared. yeah, make sure you've watched enough zombie movies so you know how to avoid them. And yeah, away. I, I have from, the survival skills. I think Bear Grylls. Surely he's got some good stuff. Yeah, I mean, he could show you a thing or two. I think he should make a how to survive zombie uh, episode at least. You definitely want him on your team. I think that the way I've learned is to board yourself up in a basement and. Things will work themselves out. Really? Yeah. Oh, we need some, oh my gosh, we need some lighting, we need some aquaponics, it's going to get complex. Oh yeah, if you were there, I'd, I'd have you as my... Yeah, uh, we've got to grow health. underground plants, we'll have to go mushrooms, yeah, things yeah. that like growing in the dark. But see, if you had these solutions in these films, there wouldn't be any uh, climax or resolution, it'd just be like, oh, we're in the basement, oh, we can still survive, okay. You definitely want Hang a herbalist over. around if the world goes tits up, but yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't see living in a basement. We're going to survive that long no. without. How are we going to grow stuff? What kind of life is that? Yeah, so, on, it's yeah, it's two Total Recall. No, on, not Total Recall. What's the one? Terminator, where they are underneath. Sorry, okay. <laughs> yeah, when they're underneath the ground. So, do you, should we go on the uh, apocalypse line of talking? <laughs> yeah, or back to shamanism. <laughs> We could continue the tangent. It gets darker. But. It does. It does. We did say we we're going to take it to a bad place and then back yeah. into a good place. Yeah. yeah yes. Yeah. As, all, as right. all movies go. Let's, let's, let's claw back. Let's save, save the planet act. again. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So, all right. So with um, shamanism, shamanism, shamanism. Shamanism. I think shamanism sounds good, doesn't it? Did I, have I it said it wrong? sounds a bit more American. Shamanism. Shamanism. Okay. Yeah. You, you need to tell me. Correct I me. Don't, I, I don't, I don't think, I think both are absolutely fine. I think it depends which yeah. part of America you come from. I come from uh, Brighton in England. Yeah. So let's go with shamanism. Cool. So, is it something that you teach people? Like, are you I qualified do. to teach, or how, well, how you, does that you work? You don't. It's kind of it's a strange one. I because um, I've got twenty five years of experience doing this work, and I'm also a qualified herbalist. So I've got a medical degree. I'm a hypnotherapist, and I've got all these other. I've got a teaching uh, degree as well. Mm-hmm. So I am qualified in many, many different things, yeah. but I don't know that there is a specific qualification you can get to teach shamanism yet okay, yeah, yeah. because I don't think there's, well, there's no degrees in shamanism as far as I know yet. I can do the first one. Mm, and I yeah. am, I am at the moment writing a three year practitioner training course, but uh, it's not going to be ready for probably another six months before it's, and then we're going to hopefully start it next year. Uh, and the idea will be the first year will be uh, training you in self-healing because we need to heal ourselves if we're ever going to have a chance of healing others. Mm. And the second year will be starting to heal others and that can just be family and friends. And yeah, then the third yeah. year is being a professional and actually having a business and how does that become when you're wanting to treat clients that you've never met before because it's a very different thing to treating people you know, your friends and yeah, family yeah. to them running a business. So I think my training in shamanism has been very eclectic. I've done bits and pieces. I trained with one-to-one with uh, a woman in London and then I've gone on and done different training courses with other therapists in Mm. circles where we all meet like once a month for a year and we work together and we learn different skills. And I've worked in other groups in London, but it's been 
very much informed also by my own work, by my own meditation practice, by my own work uh, with plant spirit medicine, with my own work with cacao. So it's been partly led by the trainings of other people, but actually it's a very eclectic blend of the herbalism, the teaching, the hypnotherapy. Leah Rutherford calls shamanism hypnodrama therapy. And I love that because yeah. it really, if you think about what you do in, you've not been to one of my cacao ceremonies yet, but when you come, it, you will get what I mean by hypnodrama therapy because yeah. to get somebody into a trance state, it really helps to do a, a sort of show around it. It's like if you were going to, if you want to get someone to agree with you and someone to be in, in alignment with you, then you want to take them out for dinner. You know, it takes a few hours, doesn't it, to get somebody mm. in a good mood and really get them in alignment with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's the same with doing a ceremony or any kind of magical work with somebody where you're getting them to tune into their consciousness and try and shift their consciousness. Mm -hmm. It takes time and it takes a bit of ritual and the rituals are very unique. Like I make up my own rituals and I link them to Native American practices and pagan practices and Celtic practices. Oh. And each shamanic practitioner will have their own prayers, will have their own songs that they like to use, yeah. they have their own method of doing ceremony. There are certain things which everyone tends to agree on, but there are lots of variations. So within uh, Native American tradition, there are three layers of reality. There's like the middle world, the lower world and the upper world. In uh, the Celtic tradition, there's more like nine layers of reality. What are the so the the middle? Sorry, the uh, it's a bit Tolkien. Yeah, no, so I, I, you've I like got. It. I was just this, wondering what the so what do the levels signify? So this is middle world. Right. So we live here in five sense reality. Yeah, and if we go down into the lower world, then you imagine you're. It's a bit like Alice in Wonderland. You go down a kind of spiral staircase, or or I like to slide down a big mudslide because it's more fun. Oh yeah, slide in a big mudslide down into the lower world, and then you come out into a a landscape which is like the earth, but uh, less concrete blocks and less buildings everywhere, thankfully mm. for me. And it's a representation of energy. So this is all just energy work. I think of it a little bit like dreaming. So you're going into a dream, but you're lucid dreaming. You're choosing the dream. Yeah. And yeah. within that, certain things will appear back to you. So you you start the dream yourself by going, right, I'm going into a, a tunnel and I'm traveling down and then I'm coming out into a landscape. And then you say, okay, now, now show me a picture of, maybe you want to meet Mama Cacao. Maybe you're going to meet the plant spirit, Mama mm. Cacao. And then Mama Cacao might appear before you like a beautiful goddess. Mm -hmm. To me, she appears like a wisp of purple smoke, like a genie out of a lamp. And it really depends. I've had other people come to cacao ceremony where they've seen Krishna and they've, yeah. because they're Hindu background. So their gods that come for them are the ones that are in alignment with their belief system yeah, or yeah, their yeah. understanding of what God is. So, um, yeah, it's about yeah. tuning into a particular entity or going it's also a bit like going shopping when you go to the to a spirit world you need a shopping list otherwise you can get a bit lost what would be on a shopping so list? your shopping list might be right i'm going to the lower world to meet mama cacao today and see if she's got any good advice for me oh so like a, a sort of list of it's like an agenda of yeah what, what you would like to your meeting achieve. agenda yeah ah. yeah because if you go without an agenda sometimes you just get a bit lost and other other yeah. spirits might come and and oh, so you need like a sort of like a line, like in, you know, in the labyrinth, a line in and a line back, like a sort of uh, yes. lifeline. Yeah, absolutely. Some kind of you can't just freestyle it and go in and sort of wander around. You can and, if that's your intention to freestyle it. But what what would be the like? 
if you ran into no actually instead of let me let me ask this so like can you run into any bad situations you if, can, if you're... you you shouldn't you should always protect yourself but there are occasions where tricksters happen or hmm. um things work in a different way to the way you intended and so you have to think on your feet a bit hmm. but there's so it's a very conscious like you're, you're still kind of you're still you consciously still here. Logically. It's, it's sort of, being, yeah, you're yeah. still totally here. But it, it's just like hypnosis where you're still aware of everything that's going on around you. Yeah. But your eyes are shut and you're imagining a world that okay, you're so, not yeah. in. So sometimes you go so deep into that world, that visionary world, that your body starts to tingle all over or you lose sense of your own body. Huh. Um, you feel really heavy. Yeah. Uh, sometimes your vision work literally becomes so vivid. It's almost like a real dream. You're in there, but most people, it's not like that vivid. It's more kinesthetic. Yeah. So you have a sense of the shamanic vision. So you yeah. close your eyes and you picture it the best way you would a daydream. And so if you were going to no... imagine your kitchen, your dream kitchen, yeah. then how would you imagine it? If you shut your eyes, a shamanic vision would right. be about as powerful as that. So there's, there's no, there's no sort of, um, there's no correct way it's really is down to you what you there's very different ways of going to um the way i really like to explain it in its simplest form is there's this reality which is five sense reality where we yeah. understand it through our five senses our, our touch our smell our, our our sight our hearing and the other ones and <laughs> i think i got to four and then um the other reality is everything that we can't see mm. and it's the other energies that are still influencing us, uh, influencing us, but we're not aware of them. So yeah. as we're walking down the street and uh, the plants might be whispering things to us, but we can't hear them because right, we're just right. speaking, we only speak English, we're really stupid. But they're here like 450 million years yeah, and yeah. they're really wise and they know how to be a child of the earth and 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 live in harmony together and I guess we're like walking, really young and yeah, uh, they're trying to help us yeah i imagine it's like walking you know walking through a forest there must be such like sensory overload but we can't you can't sort of yeah they all want to communicate it. with us but yeah. we're not listening what, what would they be trying to say to us calm the fuck down <laughs> stop running over the planet like ants sit oh. be still for a while yeah they, they know what's up breathe it's, it's one thing about like you know, even trees it's like there's something so it's like the way you, you know you can appreciate like a handmade a really well tooled like piece of wood or something but then you see a tree and it's like you can't argue with the, the like, unique the, beauty of it well like the struggle it took to get to that point and you see like a massive tree and it's all gnarled and bulging yeah but and, did it struggle like, that's just guess, your human yeah. interpretation of yeah it. yeah that's true maybe it was like the easiest walk in the park ever literally walk in the park ever yeah but um uh, one thing i heard was that Banana plants can walk about 40 centimetres in their oh, life. Oh, my God. They, that's amazing. They actually, they're practically oh, triffids. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're, they're, they're I've amazing. got to grow some in the garden. They're bizarre. Like, So me and my partner were living in Laos, in Long Prabang in Laos. Yeah. For, well, she was there for about 10 years. I was there for about two. But we had a insanely huge banana tree in our front garden and my favourite part of every month was chopping down a banana, like mm. chopping off the leaves because you have to, like it's not being cruel or careless. It's like you have to, like, and, and also in Laos you can buy um, full like metre long machetes mm. just in the street. It's like, oh yeah, I'll take that. Oh, no, I'll take that one. So you pick your weapon, take it back home, like ride it on your bike so you're holding it like a yeah. lance on you know one, hand, one arm. Feeling and then, like a man. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was really good for that. It was like proper <laughs> testosterone filled journey back yeah. so yeah then you hack off hack off an arm of a banana plant or banana tree 
Um, yeah, I did a shamanic workshop once where they got us all to wield a big knife and see how oh, you felt about it. How, yeah. how did you feel about great, it? Great, great. So yeah, I think I'd, I'd be happy with a banana tree and a machete oh, and packing so, off its leaves. So good. And it sounds really weird and cruel, but like... You, Not at all. Like no, you, I'm you, a gardener, I get it. But it's, it's weird. Like you, you cut one of the arms off, the next day there's literally, there's about five centimetres grown already. Amazing. So they are relentless. And yeah. the sap as well, if it spills on you, it just it, it's like blood. So wow. after a good session, it looks like you've really been like murdering nature. Um, but yeah, like I, I had to cut down like so many fully grown trees. Like And, mm. and then, yeah, you cut it down, you think, right, okay, I'm done. Next day, zoop. And yep. it's like shoot growing up out of the ground. That's the reason I moved back to the UK. Yeah, the trees grow a bit slower. <laughs> banana tree, yeah. yeah. But do you miss your machete? Yeah, I do. I, I kind of wanted to bring it back and I was like, hey, you're out of your mind. Like, that's not <laughs> coming home, did you? you bring it in, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, this is uh, Buddy just checking in real quick. By the looks of things, we're around the midway point of this podcast. So... In case there's any advertisements or any sponsor messages that need to go here, I just want to kind of bring in a little intermission zone for you and uh, we'll ease into that and then we shall return to the podcast. Thank you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Amazing. So shamanism, it sounds like the kind of thing that when presented in a sort of accessible light like people could really go for it and it's, i think it's it could fit in it's like psychotherapy lives. but much more fun in that right. people come to me the way it works people come to me with problems uh, that they can't find a solution for any other way they know yeah. that psychotherapy isn't going to fix it they know that they need to change they are usually in a difficult dynamic with somebody else and that person can't change then they need to shift their consciousness to a better place about it or maybe Mm. they're grieving maybe they are uh, trying to understand what the purpose of their life is 
And shamanism offers you tools and techniques to explore those and heal those things. Mm. And there isn't, I don't know, I've been a therapist for 25 years and I don't know other better ways of getting solutions to those kinds of problems as quickly. It's mm, it's right. fast, it's fun. There's thousands of years of tech, tried and tested techniques out there Yeah, that now you could go to a, I swear if I went and trained in psychotherapy, I could really easily, which I will do one day if I ever get time, uh, in another lifetime maybe, but one day. <laughs> we, we have many generations ahead we, of us. I know. Yeah. And, and yeah, I hope to reincarnate again. Um, yeah, it would be nice because then I could integrate all of the shamanic stuff into a a framework that was more kind of scientifically backed. And then I could mm. say, da da, yeah, this is yeah. what it is in a more, with a more psychotherapeutic voice. But I still think it's just as valid. It's just, it's more, more useful maybe because it is steeped in mystery still. Yeah. And because we're not questioning it and analyzing it so much. It's just, here we go. This is what we do. This is the process. Yeah. And then and there's they no, work. maybe like no specific expectations, like, you know, pop an ibuprofen. That's you a good point. To go. so yeah. Having you, no expectations is wonderful because yeah. it leaves you really open to that, that, chance for it to really heal yeah. deep and you might find things that you you had no idea you were you were looking for and I'd, yeah it'd be, nice, it'd be nice to try it i mean i would try it i mean I, the I best how, way how you sort of well the best way to i think explore shamanism explore it, is yeah. the cacao ceremonies because the cacao is your assistant you don't have to take the cacao even at cacao ceremonies we do drumming with it because the cacao ceremonies teach you about the seven directions that the shamans use to protect themselves so we we use the we call in the directions in a kind of to make a, a sphere of protection around us. So we call in the energies: the east, the south, the west, the north, the sky, the earth, and within, which is our connection to the god or great spirit or the creative force energy, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And then once we've done that, we teach you that. Then we can teach you ways to cleanse your own energy as well, so that we all have a bit of a, a spring clean energy yeah. wise. And when you're amongst other people, that must be very easy. Sort of, it's really, really empowering because nice we all do yeah. it together and we can all be a bit silly together and we're all British. So this mm. is not kind of a normal thing to do. Does it take unless, a while to crack through the Br- Britishness? A little bit, yeah. a little bit. We do like, we need it, it's helpful because the cacao serum has been going on for quite a while. Um, there's regulars. So the regulars help the people that come fresh, but there's usually at oh, least okay. half regulars, half fresh. That's kind of about the balance. Cow Sherpas. Yeah. And they know the score, they know how it goes and they're not so afraid to sort of state their intention for healing that day. Yeah. So we always, and most people who come to cacao ceremony for the first time don't have a clue how a ceremony works, what an intention is, how to... Mm do an intentional ceremony. So we all then pick, you know, there's divination card packs you get. So I've got a tree oracle cards or I've got the plant spirit medicine cards. I don't know these. Um, these? It's a bit like um, tarot, but more lighthearted. So you can even just get angel cards and the angel cards have like one word, like joy or love or laughter on it. And you can just pick a card and it helps you to tune into what's going on for you that particular day. So that helps people talk about themselves a little bit. So Mm. it's helpful for, and there's, I only ever keep them small, like 10 to a dozen people. Mm. There are much, much bigger cacao ceremonies going on with like a hundred people, yeah, even more. Yeah. And there's ecstatic dance ceremonies as well going on in London, which I have to go and explore. It sounds yeah. fantastic. And I imagine with a lot of people that would, that would go off, wouldn't it? Because yeah. It's energy. And- I think with a lot of drumming as well, yeah. the drumming can get your energy going. Yeah, so yeah, then yeah. when we all get our intention and we understand what we're doing, we drink the cacao and then we drum. Well, I drum. 
and everyone else goes on a little vision quest and I guide them on a vision quest so they kind of get to their place in the lower world or they get to their place in nature where they want to do their relaxing and their meditation. And then I'm drumming for about an hour for them. And then, so it gives you a chance to really experience what shamanic journeying feels like, whether you take the cacao or not. The cacao is really just strong chocolate though. It's not... Mm. It's not stronger than you would have experienced already because most people have eaten 42. We do between 35 and 42 grams of cacao in water. And most people have eaten that amount in their lifetime, many, many occasions. So it's not so much the dosage, it's more to do with the intentionally taking of it. It's ceremonial cacao as well. So the, the cacao is shamanic in its origin it's been prayed to it's been sung to when it's been grown by the uh, ashanika tribe almost so, like a sort of holy water it is a holy water right. it's a holy chocolate mm. and it is absolutely Isn't delicious <laughs> i think it's delicious it's very yeah. very very bitter it's not like the chocolate you can you generally get after dinner mints yeah right I imagine so yeah. it, it's i guess to, to the uninitiated or like to those used to like cadbury's chocolate then it's probably it's probably quite medicinal to them as well like, oh, yeah like, it would taste medicinal to someone who'd never had yeah. pure cacao before yeah because yeah. seeing people's faces because like, I'm, I'm well into the 90 percent and above and mm, you you'll see be fine yeah yeah like we see people's faces and they try it it's like, oh my God, yeah they'll Jesus. be a bit like that so i do let them have rose syrup or sugar to, to yeah. put in it to sweeten yeah. it up a bit but it doesn't take away the bitterness to be honest yeah. it just adds a another layer yeah, you so to, you have to, to have to get through it so a, a vision quest what would a vision quest entail well, is it similar to what you're talking yeah, about yeah i think shamanism? of well, vision quests are really you can go on the short ones you can go on long ones um the short ones are like you can do for an hour with the drumming you just have an idea i want to go and met i want to go and meet mother cacao on a vision and ask her um take your shopping list with you. take your shopping list what am i going to buy for the shops what what are the what are the next winning six lottery numbers right um if it's six numbers still i can't even remember it's been such a long time since i did the lottery <laughs> i don't think i've ever done it yeah so um you can ask mama cacao very practical questions or yeah. you can do vision quests which are up to like 3 days long or 4 days long yeah. um i had a client earlier whose brother is on a vision quest at the moment and he's up a mountain in spain and he's not eating and he's not drinking any water for four days. Oh, my goodness. I know. That's that a hog or vision quest. Yeah. And then you really hallucinate with those ones. Yeah, yeah. You really are getting to, um, to to change the brain chemistry to the point where you actually start hallucinating. Yeah. Whereas with cacao, you don't see anything at all which isn't already there. Mm. It's just when you close your eyes, you can see more clearly your visions. But when you open your eyes, everything's completely normal. Yeah, so totally I, fine, which is very reassuring. Yeah, I had yeah, a guy the other day who came and he said, "I've done DMT, I've done ayahuasca, but this stuff's stronger with your eyes shut." And then when you open your eyes, it's normal again, which is wonderful. Yeah, I thought yeah, that was a yeah. good way of describing it. Yeah, it's like you've got that anchor, which is literally just yeah. opening your eyes. Just open and, your eyes and you're back, back in yeah. the room completely. There's it, no fear that you're going to be off for like however many hours it takes to yeah. to 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 meet your demons and then come back. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's sort of why I never really got into hallucinogens. Like I'm very very open to this. Them, but mm. the reason I never did them is because I was worried that like you know if I if I did acid like when I was younger in my days when I was smoking and things were things were different and mm. uh so like people doing acid and then I'd always hear these stories about like the worst case scenarios like, oh yeah this dude did acid and his mum died and he was he's, he's on this trip forever and like wow. all these stories about like you know, really nasty stuff happening yeah that's so gonna was, put you off yeah and then like now 
So the yeah. ayahuasca thing's got really popular in the last few years. Yeah. And it, I think a yeah. lot of people have been tempted to go down that road. And yeah. DMT seems to have been flashing up recently as well. A lot of DMT seems to be going around. Yeah. But for me, I just prefer that. to teach people how to trip with things which are legal yeah. and um, don't give you side effects yeah, and don't yeah. make you go mad. So yeah. there are risks with all these other chemicals. Yeah. I feel which like is they... why I play safe. Yeah. And I, you know, I've got two young kids. I've taken chemistry when I was a, a younger person, but yeah, yeah, I don't, I really don't think I need it. I think that. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to. It's it's get just as good to take, for me, it's just as good to have a cacao ceremony and not have a horrible experience the next day because mm. I'm like coming down from some really strange chemical drug. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, or yeah. even mushrooms. I always, even when I did like the the shamanic mushrooms when they were legal, because I grew up so long ago that they were legal when I was a teenager. Oh, like what, so how did you get hold of them? Mushrooms were just sold in the shops. You could buy them in in really? the shops. Yeah, wow. when I was kind of a teenager. And yeah. like, where what would they be in? What they call head shops or like? Yeah, what, like in, yeah. in Camden mostly. Oh, Camden yeah, yeah, yeah. was was. Okay. I worked in Camden in my. Late teens, early twenties. Ah, where did you work? What, what was your? It was a Neil's Yard Remedy shop. So I ran a Neil's Yard ah, Remedy shop, which yeah, was yeah. herbal medicines and therapies, and yeah, yeah. Um, it was it was gorgeous. It was five years in Camden with all the coolest people you could yeah, imagine coming into the shop in the to buy their face creams. Wow! So yeah, unreal. Boy George was one of my customers, and yeah, Mad. he was. He always used to give me goosebumps. Yeah. Because he was the most famous person when I was a kid ever. Yeah. And is, is that weird sort of aura when somebody famous is like, they really do have an aura. Like, yeah. Yeah. I was fine yeah. when Oasis were coming because I didn't care about Oasis. But if Boy George yeah, came yeah. in the room, I was like, oh my God. Yeah. It's yeah. My, it, it's my dream from when I was 10 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Especially someone from your childhood. Like, yeah. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. That I couldn't be get happening. over it. Yeah. So I loved working in that shop because you'd get all sorts of crazy characters and yeah, yeah. and people from all over the world because it was Camden. So yeah, it yeah. was really good fun. Yeah, it's funny. I, I was I lived near Camden like for quite a while, but it was sort. Of, I think it was in the time when it, it kind of like I guess you say softened up or cleaned up a bit. So all the sort of slightly cleaner kind of high street yeah. stores moved in. There's still an element of like there's still a grittiness to it, but it's oh, I left before it got shiny. Yeah, I was there in the gritty years. Yeah, I used I, to visit. For, I kind of for feel sure. like they were the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I would. No doubt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's so many like weird little discoveries you can make around there. Yeah. Now, like those discoveries are sort of. I mean, but they it, still do some good cacao ecstatic dance parties there. So, do they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a place called the Pirate Club, and um, that's the place to go ah. for the ecstatic cacao. Yeah, I, I think I'd be very interested in joining a cacao ceremony, and it, it's it's cool because um, you're giving yourself that time to do these sort of otherworldly activities yeah. and then you you come out of it and it's like, right you know dust your hands off and then you're, yeah you're but also you can bring those lessons back into this reality so yeah. that's the the point of, of of the process is to gain deeper wisdom and then bring that back into this consciousness and this reality so mm. that this gets better mm. otherwise i yeah we can journey for fun and we can journey just to be a bit trippy but the best way i think is to use it as a, a development tool for your own expansion yeah. and your own your own joy and your own happiness and yeah, yeah, yeah. to bring as much bliss into your life as possible yeah so i i can't get enough of it i discovered it like 20 years ago by accident because it worked uh the same way as hypnotherapy did mm. and i'm eternally grateful for those people that turned me on to it because i wasn't a spiritual person really before that 
yeah, it began it, with that. It takes like a sort of friendly a hand sort of leading you through it. And yeah, yeah, before that spirituality had been scary stuff. It had all mm. been like Catholic or Christian or Wicca. Yeah. And there was, a, you know, some negative stories around the Wicca witches and yeah. people doing black magic and things like that. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a world I wanted to avoid. But the shamanism, uh, it was illegal in America until the mid-70s. I was born kind of mid-70s. So... We are blessed, I think, that at that point I was brought into the world and it became legal again and then the teachings have started to be taught again. So mm. I think that's why shamanism is now peaking again a little bit in popularity, it, or it seems to be. All of our therapies, seem to, all our alternative complementary therapies seem to come and go in fashions, like aromatherapy massage was really popular for a number of years yeah but it seems to be dying off a bit and people want to get into different alternatives now a little bit more so i guess there's like in the same way i guess i know nothing about it but fashion like so yeah it's like things come and go in in the absolutely yeah and i think cacao ceremony is the latest fashion in healing and i love it because it's it's something you can do as a group it's something we can all do to increase our joy uh, it's something which is empowering. So you're not needing to come back to me like every week for, for attending to your need anymore. You've, you've got yeah. control of yourself. You, you know, Mama Cacao has given you some information that you need to make your life better for a month. And then yeah. people come back once a month for their own personal development, but they're not so reliant on me as you would be with a counselor or a psychotherapist. Yeah. So, like so if, I if- love watching that. Yeah, so like every time you you don't have to sort of say like, all right, we're gonna start. Say, yeah, 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 I got it, I got it, I got it. So then the, the people who turn up are sort of like they. Oh, they're so chill. They, they love they love hearing the story anyway. So yeah, and yeah. also we're all setting our intentions. And I like oh, yeah, the I sharing part of the ceremony is interesting because so often there is a theme, and I you know you hear about how we're all under the influence of the of the planets and the universe mm. and all these other things are important. And so often you kind of, when you're in a group circle like that and we all get honest and authentic about how we're feeling and what we want to shift in our lives, yeah. there's a story that we're all telling and it's the same. There's a sort of a feeling of camaraderie that comes from that. Yeah. And then that in itself is healing and moves you up a step. Yeah. So yeah, I love the, I love the group work. And yeah. I love the way that cacao connects as well. Cacao opens up your heart chakra so that you can be more soft and be more gentle with other people. And that's just a beautiful thing to observe. Like seems so it's it's weird. Like a lot of these things they seem so obvious. Like ultimately we just need to be more like you know, need to listen more, need yeah. to be more attentive and We need to shift so many tiny yeah. things though, don't we, to do that. Like we yeah, need to stop yeah. working so hard. We need to make time for cacao. <laughs> Yeah, well, we need to make time for sitting still and drinking tea or Mm. or whatever it is, and and sharing our stories. And we seem to have got fed up with listening to each other's stories a bit. But I I mean, on that note, like this, that's why I'm kind of I'm doing this podcast because I've been listening to podcasts for so long, and like without realizing, it's like I think the the reason I'm so into them is it's uninterrupted. Well, not always, but like mostly uninterrupted stories or like you know, you're getting all this information about people's lives. And I didn't realize how interested in people's lives I am. And to a point where like I've grown up over the last 10 years, I've sort of, I'm now actually back to being fascinated by my family and you go through a stage of being rebellious and sort of very like, much you, you, you want to find sh- out who you are yeah you didn't get washed by the grandmothers when you were six weeks old you oh, see so when you get out. to 14 you start going who am i yeah I, well yeah, if yeah. i'm not them i've got to rebel against them so that's yeah. often i think why we're so rebellious because we're trying to work out which which bit is us yeah 
Which, just, which third yeah, just is Just complete rejection of the other parts of yourself. But it yeah. is still a part of you. Your mother and father is still a part of you, even if you can't bear them. Yeah, yeah. Which no, makes it, it harder. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, like sometimes I, I sort of make a sound, like a vocal sound. It's like, well, that sounded like my dad. Yeah. That's so weird. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I'm not the only one. No, when I'm shouting at the children, absolutely. <laughs> There's a parent I was talking to the other day and... um they said, like, so there's a vision of the parent that you want to be, but then there's the real parent you are. Yeah. And it's like, I, I ain't got kids, but I can completely oh, imagine yeah, that. absolutely. Like, this isn't what you I expected. Think, you think you're going to be so much better than you ever are. Yeah. I'm sure everyone feels like that, that we all make horrible mistakes. We wish we could turn back time and and make better. But we're doing our yeah. best. Oh, yeah, yeah. One day all at the time. time. Absolutely. So... I was wondering, so to put it in modern parlance, let's say, let's call them haters. So skeptics, yeah. whatever, like, how do you, like, how... How do we deal with them? Well, yeah, and, and like, is it something that you encounter? Never. You don't encounter it? No. I, I, I did used to, because I used to put myself out there to people more. So I once wrote a letter to every single doctor in every single practice in three counties. So I did Bedfordshire, Hertfordshire and Buckinghamshire. Yeah. And I got three letters back from these doctors' practices. One said, you are a witch doctor and you should be burned at the stake ah, or words to that example. Amazing. You know, it was ridiculous. I hope you framed that. That's brilliant. I loved it. I, I love can't, it. I, no, I think I've thrown it away. It'd be great to keep, ah, wouldn't it, that one? Yeah. And um, I do have a friend who, who who keeps those sorts of letters. Um, then I had another letter back saying, I'm interested in St. John's Wort because a lot of my clients are taking it or patients are taking it. And I'd mm. like to know, should I be worried? Should I, what do I need to know about it? And so we had a chat. And another one was, yes, I'm an acupuncturist and a doctor. And I think it's wonderful what you're doing. And yes, of course, we should collaborate if we can in any way. Mm. But we didn't. That's no. fine. But that was it. I mean, that's three counties. That, that was hundreds and hundreds. I can't remember how many hundreds of letters I wrote. Wow. Luckily, I had word processor by then. So it was all good. <laughs> but it was about 15 years ago. Yeah. And I just went, oh, what is the point? I gave up trying to connect with the NHS, connect on that level. Because I don't even need to. I just, I put out who I am. And I think the more authentic I am about who I am and what I can offer, the more successful I've been because I only attract people that I'm going to really work well with. Yeah. And then yeah. because they, I work really well with them, they think I'm fabulous. And then they send only good messages out to the rest of the world. Mm. Yeah, so, absolutely. yeah, the more you can be yourself the better you're going to be and the more successful you're going to be, I think, in this particular industry. It works for me. Yeah. But it, it's like there's so much of you in what you do as well. Like it's not just sort of like you, you go somewhere and say, I've got a problem. It's like, okay, sounds like you need this. I feel like you're integral and you you almost like wrap yourself in, in that moment in the lives of the other person. You, and yeah. Have it a was, little look around. And- it was something I learned training as a hypnotherapist was to go into the client's reality Mm. Like, so you're trying to step into their shoes almost and see through their eyes. And that way you can understand the beliefs and the limiting uh, factors that they're putting on their own life and where they can shift and how they can shift. Yeah, I think trying to get other people, I never, ever expect anybody to believe my reality or my belief system. I always step into other people's realities and other belief systems. Mm. And so I've never had a problem with that. And I've had clients which have believed the world is flat or clients that believe in aliens. And for me, that's absolutely fine. Of course they exist. And of course the world is flat to that particular person. 500 years ago, we all thought the world was flat. Yeah. Yeah. So it's their reality. That's fine. We work with that and we can make change 
within their reality. Yeah. So the haters or the skeptics, I'll just join them in their reality. We don't have to have a fight. Ah, well, it's all good. Fold, but they won't come to me. Themselves. No, so, no, it's true. But like, yeah, that they don't really need to concern themselves. Yeah, they with, don't. With they world, don't. Really. And there's a lot of you can you can argue if you want to on a kind of chemical level about shamanism's harder to argue with about how it actually works. But um I think if you start getting into quantum physics, then things start to make more sense. Yeah. So quantum physics is now starting to explain the way that we are all energy and how we can influence each other's energy and vibrations and how we can change our own energy and vibrations. Mm. And I think we're going to start to be able to prove the law of attraction yeah. and that our conscious vibrations are manifesting in reality yeah. soon. I don't know how, <laughs> but I am seeing it. And I'm seeing other people waking up to this. Right. And so I'm wondering when science going to kind of jump on this conversation yeah. and start to prove it and yeah. show it's real. How are you seeing it? How, what, what, how are you seeing it manifest itself? Um, well, the way I've worked with law of attraction for about 25 years, I read a book about 25 years ago called Creating Money, which was a jump to me in my understanding. So I started to look at whatever we are giant vibrators walking around this planet we're all vibrating a certain energy mm-hmm. and that gives you a nice picture of of <laughs> what we all are and um so when you're walking down the street you can have a fun little game of looking at other people and seeing what energy they're vibrating okay and so one person will walk past you and go oh he's grumpy you know, like you're a you're a dwarf or something, one of the seven dwarves, and they've mm. got grumpy, sneezy, sleepy, yeah, dozy. You could name people in one word. Yeah, like that's yeah. the vibration they're giving off. Right. And they will experience that vibration if you watch their day. So if you it and they have that phrase, don't they? You jump out the wrong side of bed and everything bad happens to you. Yeah. yeah. So if you go out in a bad mood, then one, one minute too early or too late. Exactly, one minute too early or too late, yeah. then you're gonna have a bad time. Um, but if you go out smiling and feeling really jolly, you're much more likely to receive a smile back as yeah, a reflection yeah. to you. Definitely. So this is the idea of law of attraction in, in a miniature way. Law of attraction in a bigger way is, okay, what do you want to manifest next? So say you wanted to manifest, I don't know, should we say, say you wanted to manifest 100% perfect health. Yeah then you would just start to feel 100% healthy, act 100% healthy, be 100% healthy. Right. On a very basic level, like fake it till you make it. Kind fake of it till you make it, yeah. yeah. It's a really good way of doing it. But then you'll also notice how many of your beliefs or thoughts aren't in alignment with you being 100% healthy. Uh, so maybe you yeah, have a yeah. hydro- hypochondriac part, which is saying, oh my God, my little finger hurts. Oh my God, I'm going to die because my that, little finger's hurting. But that doesn't work with the uh, 100% healthy no, way. So. No, so you have to let go of that yeah, thought yeah, yeah. and be satisfied with the unfolding of your manifestation. So yeah, maybe mm. your little finger hurts, but maybe your little finger hurts because you're detoxing because you had too much tobacco when you were 11 or whatever. Mm. And you're having a detox process because you've decided to do a water cleanse for five days on a mountain in, mm. in, in Spain. Yeah. Um, yeah. So everything is, your manifestations are layered. It's about being satisfied with the unfolding of the manifestation as well as it, as it evolves and as it comes. So you can manifest tiny things, you can manifest big things. Everything essentially that you are seeing right now is a manifestation of things that you've already thought and believed in. So uh, you had to think about this podcast before you could actually sit down with me and create this podcast. Yeah. So you've manifested your beliefs. You've manifested your reality today. And it's funny because like, yeah, until you mentioned it just then, 
I hadn't thought about that. And um, yeah, the, yeah, like you're saying, there's so many things you sort of, you don't, you know, we're talking about walking through a forest and there must be so many voices calling out at you, but you don't notice them. It's like, that's one thing that before you mentioned it, I hadn't even thought of that. It's like, so that has, that's, that's something that I've been experiencing, but I didn't realise. Yeah. And maybe you are yeah. hearing them, but on a different level, like the yeah. trees send out smell and uh, yeah, they yeah. send out vibrations through their roots into the ground. There's yeah. all these different ways. Maybe the bristle in the in the leaves, the wind blowing through the trees is a yeah. message for us, but we're just not tuned in. Yeah. Or you, yeah, or you might just feel it in a very basic sort of, that sounds nice, but yeah. there's reasons why that sounds nice. It's like there's a probably a natural harmonic re- response or something And it's like vibrating that. in a certain way to yeah. bring every 50 trillion cells in our body yeah. to vibrate in a different way, yeah. to soften a little. 50 well, trillion cells in our body and they've all got to... Well, be in alignment we, so we can feel 100% healthy. That's a lot of a lot of uh, manifesting work to do. Yeah, got a lot of work to do. We are, we are so tricky, aren't we? There's a lot of us. So, all right, do you have any kind of superheroes or role models in the, in the world of complementary healing? You mentioned, tell me again. Uh, There's Brooke Medicine Eagle. Brooke Medicine she's Eagle the person does. that I'd kind of, yeah, she's a Native American medicine woman who doesn't travel here that much, but she's been coming to Europe a bit more since Trump been in power because she's right. a bit fed up with America. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's someone I would like to work more with. I have so many teachers and guides that I think every single one of them has been really important to me. And even the ones that I don't necessarily like as human beings, they're like not necessarily people that I would resonate with and have dinner with. Mm. I still think of them as amazing teachers. So everybody who's ever taught me, I would have to give thanks to on every level, even the evil headmistress that used to hit me with a stick because I was a 70s baby and that was still legal in those days. You know, I can thank her for showing me the contrast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so sort of, you know, you can't appreciate the good without the... That's good. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So like you've, you sort of stitched together like a tapestry of like everything and it's all, Every, it all everything. In the same. Yeah. I think my real teachers is the person that I receive the most healing from myself when I work with them is Brook Medicine Eagle. And then the plants, I think of the plants mm. as my main teachers now. Yeah. So I work a lot to connect with the plants and I go on walks and I sing to the plants and they sing back and uh. I meditate every morning for about an hour and a half every day so that I can stay connected. Do the plant, are the plants involved in the meditation? Like yes, how, I have cacao you... every morning yeah, as a yeah, meditation, yeah. but yeah. not not a full shamanic dose right, right. because that would be a bit a bit intense to do that every day. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I have like 25 grams a day and that's the, like the max dose that's kind of best for your adrenal gland so you don't get too burnt out. A bit like coffee, it would burn you out if you had too mm. much. You'd be too right. overexcited all the time yeah, yeah, yeah. and probably annoying to live with. Mm-hmm. So um, <laughs> keep it a normal dose, 25 grams. Meditate with that. Do other meditation practices. And I work with stones a lot as well. Okay. So I'll talk to stones and do meditations with stones. And the stones all go into a full moon uh, meditation overnight as well, whenever there's a full moon. And then I speak to the stones on the, the day after the full moon to see what the, what information they've picked up from their friends. Oh, wow. Yeah, God, I work. So, so many aspects to all of this. It's really layered. The shamanic, the shamanic stuff started really simply. It started just by learning something called soul retrieval, which is where you journey into the spirit world. I love the sound of it. And you bring back a soul part for somebody. 
or yourself yeah. that you've lost. So this could be like a part that is your confidence part that you lost when you were five because someone told you that your drawing was rubbish because when you're five, your drawing is rubbish. <laughs> and they shouldn't have said that. They were very naughty. But uh, you can, can lose so parts really easily yeah. because you can't control necessarily your environment when you're younger. So a part of you will just split off, go, oh, I'm not comfortable here. I'm just going to go off into spirit world where it's nicer and I can do drawing and no one's going to judge mm. me. So I've had yeah. dancing parts brought back for me before that I've lost and and I've given back. Oh God, I can't even, I've had so many clients and done so many soul retrievals. Mm. They really vary. I think the funniest soul part I ever brought back, I brought back a someone who'd been clubbing a bit too much and they were at a festival and I brought back a soul part that they'd left in a, a portaloo <laughs> at a festival. And I was really mm. not happy about explaining this to the client. I was like, I can't tell him I found a soul part in a toilet, a portaloo <laughs> in a festival. And when I told them, they were like, yes, that's exactly. I remember the day. I remember losing Whoa. myself that day and never quite feeling the same again. <laughs> So we can lose energy parts when we fall in love with people. Sometimes we let a piece of our heart kind of go with them when they leave us or when we yeah, grieve yeah. as well. We can yeah. leave a part with somebody who's died or maybe we go on holiday somewhere really special and we don't want to leave it. So we leave a part of ourselves on that holiday and we need to go and bring it back. So maybe mm. you have left a part of yourself in Laos, you know, cutting that banana tree down with your machete yeah, maybe. and we need to bring it back. Oh. Get in touch with your inner, inner banana tree warrior man again. Yeah, I wish there was an equivalent here. Well, there you go. Down. Maybe you need to get up to the garden gate and with a machete and see if they'll let you in. There is a man there that <laughs> likes to chop wood all day long, every day. Man, no, maybe that's it. Maybe like the wood chopping part. Maybe it was just as simple as that. It's like, yeah. I've never really chopped wood. Now I can chop something as soft It could be your wood. gift. Yeah. Maybe you're actually a lumberjack at heart. I used to have a really big beard. For a while. That would, that would work was, yeah. if you're a lumberjack. We just need to get you in, a, in some more plaid clothing. It can be done. Yeah. Simple transformation, really. Yeah. And then I'm there. Grow this out for a bit. We just need some trees in Margate for you to chop down. We haven't got enough trees yet. No. Well, Dane Park, we're not going to go down there with an axe, though. No, they're not big enough, really. No. Okay, we'll look into it. So, like, the one aspect of what you do, that, which I've spent the most time with, is the uh, the herbal kind of, yeah, the, the plant, uh, you could call it tinctures. Yeah, um, the herb medicines. So, yeah. okay. Perhaps you go back a bit. How does the training take place? I mean, because you've got like framed diplomas and yeah. So the of- the herbal medicine was a four year honours degree. I'm not sure if they still do a four year honours degree in this country. It was the second year it went through. This was gosh, like in 1995. I started that training, mm-hmm. and it was very privileged in those days to be allowed on these courses. They were, it changed a lot. Over 20 years, all of a sudden, they were you could get a degree in Madonna after about 20 years <laughs> yeah. of this. You can yeah. get a degree in anything. But in those days, it was a brand new herbal medicine science degree. It was really amazing. Mm. Second year to go through. And they trained us in about 80 tinctures, about 80 herbs. And then we went on and studied more. So I did originally have about 150 herbs in my dispensary, but yeah. I've reduced it down again to about 80. I'm try- I would love to reduce it more, but I just love all of these plants. Yeah. And also I get specialist people with specialist needs and I'm like, oh, right, we need this particular herb for you. Yeah, so yeah. I'll buy an extra herb. So it's hard. It's I've managed to half my stock. 
over 20 odd years, yeah. but I'm still uh, struggling to keep it any smaller than that. It's so, amazing. Yeah, I work it's, with a lot of plants. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're not in the room where this all happens, but how do you describe your, your laboratory? Uh, I'd call it a laboratory. It's, it's like... Well, I think it's, it's... It's a beautiful place. So we've got one wall, which is all dried herbs and they're all displayed in beautiful glass bottles so you can see everything. Mm. And the colours are amazing and all the textures are amazing. It's like a it's like a beautiful, magical cafe, but it's all like... It's a, like an old school Victorian pharmacy as well, I imagine, where they used to have all the, the jars. Yeah. yeah. yeah and yeah, yeah. Um, on another wall, we've got all the tinctures, which are the alcoholic extracts, and they're all in in fairly see-through bottles, but they don't look particularly nice. They're all brown liquids. Yeah, that, that side's... I can see why you have your room laid out the way it is, because when you come in, you sort of see all the... The, the beautiful bits. The crazy stuff on the left and then yeah. behind you is the, the sort of grey bottles. and Yeah, the wall of tinctures isn't so beautiful. I would love one day to spend a lot of money, but it would probably cost me about a grand to redo that whole wall <laughs> yeah, with beautiful bottles. bottles and, yeah, 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 to have them all exactly the same, all yeah, in alignment. Yeah, yeah. But it's... It's, you know, why I've got, I can spend that on, on a hot tub instead or something. So I'll do that first and then. Okay, hot tub first. Hot tub first and then we'll get the bottles looking super sexy. Priorities. Yeah, yeah but yeah, the herb yeah. jars look amazing. Mm, yeah, I love it. Yeah, you were on the cover of uh, Margate Mercury and that's yeah. like, oh, this, what's this place? This Absolutely. Place and everyone said, congratulations on getting on the Margate Mercury. And I was like, it's not really me, it's the herb jars. But <laughs> thanks for saying so. <laughs> that's how I got there. Yeah. Those herb jars looking so beautiful. And I'm just the puppet. So I do think of myself like a puppet to the herbal medicines. So I'm right. just there. I'm I'm just the person they work through. I'm here to heal people. Yeah. But actually I'm here to work for the plant people. Wow. And so I'm I'm just trying to channel their healing vibes through my yeah. human body for the rest of the humans. And it's something that what I find with you is it really like you you really I mean okay, I haven't haven't seen you speak about stuff you're not interested in, but you you really glow and like you I feel like you really come alive like you mentioned cacao and then you suddenly start beaming and then it's like you talk about the plants and then you're instantly smiling it's like this is definitely your happy place oh it is like, it is they yeah. they are so I remember when I first tried herbal medicines and I was really sick and within three days I discovered my health again yeah after struggling I was I was sick I was losing weight and the doctors didn't really know why and I wasn't really able to eat or digest food. And then within three days of taking these herbs that this herbalist gave me, mm. I was getting better again and I was smiling again and I'll never forget it. And that was what turned me on to it all was the, yeah. the experience of, of the herbs working in my body. So yeah. Yeah. I read a book recently, a plant spirit medicine book by, I think it's Elliot Cohen. And he talks about, imagine a world where we had no hospitals. So say, you know, a thousand years ago, we, we, even 500 years ago, we had no hospitals. Mm -hmm. So imagine a world where we had no hospitals, no pharmacies, no doctors, and you were lying on the ground with a terrible headache and you looked over and you saw the rosemary and you knew that the rosemary plant yeah. was going to help you, was going to heal you, was going to take your pain away. How much would you love that rosemary plant? How mm. much respect would you give it? The next day, after it cured your headache, how much would you water it, love it, yeah, and thank yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the sort of relationship that we used to have with herbal medicine. And that's the sort of relationship that I have with plant medicine now mm. and that I try and help other people to have with these herbs and with plant medicine. Mm. 
So I run Plant Spirit Medicine Days where we spend a whole day just getting really high and loved up with herbal <laughs> medicines, with cacao, all yeah. legal, and uh, walk around the forest and do forest bathing and really, really tune into the energies of the plants and try and open our minds up to listening to their voices. Yeah, yeah. There must be so much energy as well. I feel like there must be so much that they could tell us kind of thing. Mm. You, you just Absolutely. Have to be switched on They're to 450 it. million years old. We're only 300,000 years old. We've yeah. not even made it to a third of a million years yet. Yeah. And they they think of us like we're their little grandchildren. Yeah. And they're really wanting to help us, but we're a bit stupid. <laughs> so we need to sit down more, meditate more, which is yeah. what everyone is saying from every different yeah. part of the planet is saying, sit down, everyone, meditate, stop thinking. Close your mind off and then see what happens. Yeah. And then we'll yeah, start yeah. to hear voices and hopefully we'll realise we're not schizophrenic. It's just the plant people talking to us and they're here to help. <laughs> and it's funny because like if you said that, if you said it's just the plant people talking to us and like, yeah, it's just that old school part of you. It's like, what, what are you talking about? But there's a lot of this kind of area of uh, healing and medicine, which is, it makes so much sense. But I feel like it's just gotten such a sort of an annoyingly bad rap over the past sort of... It's propaganda. Yeah, I feel like it. And you're you're not, again, you're, you're not giving it an us and them vibe. It's not like, it's either this or you're stupid. It's oh, like, it, well, if it works, use it. I have, yeah. You know, problem. It doesn't matter where it comes from. I think we, we're all from the earth. Everything that's here mm. that we use, whether it's a medicine that's been made in a pharmacy or whether it's a plant grown out of the ground, it's all come from the earth originally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I see no problem with any of it, whether yeah. it's... It's been channeled through a human being through a, a very white lab with a man in a white coat or a woman in a white coat. It doesn't, it's it's fine. Yeah. But the main problem I see is that we are abusing the medicines that the pharmacists have been making and that they've been abusing our trust and overselling and right. marketing to us with uh, out really uh, taking into consideration the full ethical blow it's going to make on the planet and, and yeah. human beings. But there are, you know, this is a big discussion on pharmacy, farming us. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, I, there's, a, there's a nice conspiracy theory behind it, which I don't know enough about, but lots of people <laughs> talk about. Yeah. I, I'm sure this thing goes all the way to the top. But yeah. I mean, it, it, it's weird because it's like, it's a, you no, know, it's a conversation that it's an interesting one to have, but I mean, you know, you could go on forever about this versus that, but I mean, it, Ultimately, this isn't really what this podcast is even about. It's just sort of like, it's just cool to sort of big up what you do. And like, I'm really interested in, you know, whether people go for it or whether they go elsewhere. Like, It doesn't just, matter. No, I think I mean, you've got to go for the right person as well. Yeah, so yeah. I might not be the right therapist for everybody. When I was younger, because I started like 20 odd years ago. So when I was in my early 20s and I would get menopausal coming, women coming to see me, they'd look at me like, what the hell do you know? Mm. And I can completely understand. I did know a lot. But I didn't look like I knew a lot. So I would always send them to this guy that was absolutely marvellous with really rich, deep blue eyes. He was in his 50s, rich, deep blue eyes and a lovely beard. Mm. And he just looked really authoritarian and really caring. (laughs) 
And they would go to him and they would say, oh, my hot flushes, and they would get better. Yeah. Whereas they would come to see me and talk about their hot flushes and they'd get annoyed because I'm 20-something and I'm not having hot flushes yet. Yeah, what do you know about it? Yeah. Exactly. So I think now that I'm older, I'm struggling to get grey hair. I'm trying. But it, it, it's coming. But, you know, I'm nearly 50 and I've only got about three. Too many herbs, that's the problem. Rosemary, very good herb for the grey hairs. Ah, I, want, yeah. I, I still want a bit of salt and pepper on my beard, though. That's what okay. I like with the lumberjack Don't thing. touch the rosemary, then. It's far too healing. It will, yeah, it keeps your, it keeps the hairs nice and rich in colour. Okay. Yes. <laughs> All right. Two things what I want to talk about now is at the moment, is there anything sort of like an overall uh, remedy, tea, tincture? Uh, you call it decoction? Decoctions, yeah. Yeah. What? They Tell are a decoction. You boil the herbs for 20 minutes. So it's the harder part of the herb, like the root or the bark or berry. Right. You might want to boil rather okay. than just steep in water because it's so hard. You need to boil it to break up the cell structure to get the chemistry out. Oh, okay. Got you. Whereas a leaf or a flower is really easy to infuse because it's so soft. It. That'd be the, the more so tea. most people make tea from flowers and yeah. leaves. Okay. And decoctions are roots and barks. So is there anything that like this time of year in Margate, what would, what would be the the thing that you're expecting to be sort of doling out from your laboratory? At the moment, there seems to be a phase of people experiencing an I'm not good enough feeling. So right. I think cacao might be the answer. Mm. <laughs> Always cacao. But Rose, a actually c- cacao Rose. Clinic. <laughs> I know. I do you know. I did actually. If I could rebrand, it would be Cacao Clinic from the Camomile uh, Clinic because just this past year we've done so much cacao here. Um, but I think rose actually is a really good remedy for this time of year because it lifts the spirit. Mm-hmm. It helps you a bit like cacao. It helps you to see the beauty in everybody else. It heals your heart. Right. It's a relaxing herb. But it's yeah. we do, at the moment we don't really need immune tonics. We don't really need. No something to clear our chests we just need to we need to relax and be a bit more calm and be a bit more self-accepting and less self-critical there's a lot of self-criticism going on oh god yeah yeah you know that one we all know that one yeah i I think my situation like i do it to myself like you know social media you know you look at instagram eight in the morning it's like no this isn't this isn't the time for it because your head's not right yet and you're not you need to do your meditation before you do instagram so you can filter Yeah. Otherwise, you're not tuned in. It's day, like because I I do like I run every other day. I well, you need something to do on the day that you're not running as well, don't you? Really, to keep it, your brain tuned. Yeah, but like that, that's the day when I sort of do my stupid sort of like I wake up and like ah, oh, I'm not running today. Just open my phone. I know I shouldn't. Yeah. And it's just so silly. That's the day to do your meditation practice instead. Then yeah, on I the day so. off. One thing before we get onto how to find you and whatnot outside of healing, what's your what's your non-healing life? Hobbies, interests. I'm obsessed with my garden and uh, my that's, kids. That's on topic. That's that's yeah. not outside of healing. It's very very. I can't. I can't. That's where I get my healing though. So I go yeah, into yeah, the yeah. garden and I lose myself yeah. for hours, and I don't think, and I don't. It's just me and the and the mud, and I love digging and making holes in the ground and planting things. And I love watching things grow and I love mm. going to the beach and just being in nature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love my kids and playing with them and sharing my life with them. Mm. So I think going on, going on adventures and I like, because I live in a town and I've always, and I lived in London for 20 years mm-hmm. and I lived in a big city before that as well. Yeah. I have always been around lots of architecture and lots of people. So when I go, I like to escape all of that and go to remote places and places in nature and camp and 
explore a different dynamic. So where it's more, I love living in an urban environment on a daily basis. I love the fact that I've got a bakery over the road and, and uh, my friends all live within like a 50 minute walk. If I want to see anybody, I can really easily, but I love being in the middle of nowhere as well. Yeah. 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 No, it makes makes sense. Like you need to, the, the I like, yang. yeah, I do. I like uh, the experience yeah. of difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, totally and it challenges it. your your concept of who you are and yeah. and what makes you happy as well. Yeah, yeah. and there's different ways of uh, interacting with those places too. It's like you interact one way in the town, and then you go to somewhere else. It's like, okay, I need to use my other skills, and then that kind of yeah. But I'm in. never really off. I'm always I'm always thinking about the plants, or they're always talking to me. There's yeah. there's I am just. I don't have a work personality and a private personality. I am just this is your who I world. am. Yeah, it's one hundred percent who I am, and I can't be any different to that. No, I so can't if they made it illegal, I'd have things, to move yeah. country because I can't yeah. be anything other than this. This yeah. is it. That's amazing. It's really it's so inspiring that you've like you've. I feel like you've really carved out your path and you've found the thing. And I'm like, bloody lucky that, yeah, that I'm here right now in this time because we've yeah. never been in a better position to be a success at this type of thing. Mm. If this, if I'm not sure I could have been a success like this a hundred years ago in this country, mm. no, definitely no, not no. 200 years ago because there was still burning us at stakes then. Yeah. I'm sure you would have snuck through the cracks. I don't somewhere. know. I don't yeah. know. I think I'm too damn obvious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stick out like a sore thumb, which, yeah. is, which is back then. So, all right. Um, all right. Definitely. Finally. Why, why Margate? Why Margate? Well, of all, of all places. Uh, Margate was, I fell in love and um, we were looking, we needed to move out of London. We had the money because the house prices had gone up in London at the right time. Mm. So it was a little bit like winning the lottery. We could swap our two bedroom flat for a five bed house. Mm. And so we were looking around the area, like we were looking at Hastings and there was nothing really in that Hastings area. And then we came to Margaret on a day trip and I absolutely, it wasn't even a very sunny day. It Mm. was misty and you couldn't really see the horizon properly. But I absolutely fell in love with the energy of the place. And yeah, it yeah. felt like, and the Turner had already been built. Right. So it had that little bit of, that had already been kind of generated. Yeah. Because I know people that had moved here before the Turner and said how much the Turner has evolved it. But I didn't get that experience so much. I got it after that. And this was about five years ago? Four and a half, five years right. ago. Yeah. So we came, we fell in love one day in September and then we bought this house the next day. Mm. We found this house and then that ah. was it. We just huh. went went for it because whirlwind we knew that romance. yeah it was a whirlwind yeah. romance and so far it's played out yeah, really yeah, yeah. really well yeah. and this house has been absolutely amazingly supportive of everything that I've wanted to do and create yeah. and it continue it has a presence energy of its own this house yeah, and so I, I try I and tune sure, into yeah. what it wants me to do because I think if I listen to it then I'm more likely to be successful if I work in collaboration with it yeah yeah, yeah rather yeah. than um, try and dominate it I try and work with the space feng shui. Yes, a bit of feng shui, feng shui and um, bless the house and ask the house to bless us. It was, it was made into about three or four flats when we moved in. Oh, wow. So we had to do a bit of restoration work, like a lot of places around here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this whole street is quite, it's Harold Road. It's quite a rough street, but we are seeing it lift. We're seeing different new people move in mm. and people put plants on their front doorsteps yeah. and paint their houses and make them look sparkly and put their rubbish in bins rather than for the seagulls to attack it. And, yeah. you know, it's changing, it's evolving. So yeah, I like yeah, that yeah. we are a sparkly little gem 
in the middle of Harold Road yeah. and that it, the ripples are expanding out <laughs> and it's getting better and better and better, yeah. which is how it happened in London as well. Like I right, planted right. up a herb garden in my front garden, which I will do eventually. I've only got a few pots out there at the moment. We'll get there. We'll get there. We need yeah. a pneumatic drill to get the concrete up. And then once we've done that then uh, people will start stopping a bit more and talking a bit more. And this is what yeah. happened in London is I made the herb garden out the front and every day I'd water. And then people would cross the road to talk to me every yeah. day to yeah, say, yeah. wow, this is amazing. What are you growing? Yeah. And it was just like some sage and some rosemary and maybe some dahlias. And that was about it. Yeah. So, yeah. It's like when you see someone fishing or something like that, it's like, oh, have you caught anything? You know, you, exactly. You, you have little, a chat. And it was a real way of getting the community together. So yeah. I have this thing that we can, we can do that here. We can all start gardening a bit more together and we can mm. all make the place look more beautiful. Yeah. I feel like it's definitely happening. And there's like, you know, I've, I've started to see a lot of people like picking up litter and yeah. people are really respectful. Of the, Instead of going, oh, that litter shouldn't be there. We take responsibility yeah. for it. Yeah. yeah it's it's the best like, way. Yeah. It's like not my litter. It's like, no, it's all of ours. Like exactly. what, whoever dropped it, it doesn't matter. Let's just put in the bin yeah or maybe the bin man dropped it oh we just got to pick it what up did you do then well maybe they didn't see i'm just thinking maybe it was an accident yeah. it must have been. we have to be I'm... compassionate about yeah. the litter droppers on that note sorrel please tell everyone listening how's how's the best way to approach, approach oh, how to get in touch well you can look at the website camomileclinic.co.uk to see what we're up to and all the events are all up to date on there yep. And you can come and stay with us. We run retreats as well. So you can come and stay in our summer houses. We've got a couple of cabins in the garden. So you can come and stay with us and look us up on Airbnb. Uh, oh, or, so you can stay for a... Yeah. Like, uh, use it as an Airbnb, but like as part of the whole retreat yes. process. Yes, so people come and stay and they come for cacao retreats where they'll come and they'll do like a couple's cacao retreat. And then maybe they'll have a massage, something like that. So we run it a little bit like a oh, retreat lovely. space. So come and retreat with the shaman by the sea. <laughs> you can do that right. through Airbnb. You can come and work with me personally just by getting in touch through the website or through Facebook. We have a Facebook page, Camomile Clinic on Facebook. Where would be the most kind of active place I think to, to see you? Twitter most of the time Facebook? I'm on Instagram and Facebook kind of mutually and okay. I try and do something every every day or two. Right. Although I'm I'm not one of those people stuck to my phone. So I I do it. I do it as I kind of get messages to share. So sometimes I'm doing a, a little ceremony and I'll get a message from a plant wants to tell. Like the other day I had mm. a raven told me to um be brave and be fearless. <laughs> Um, in the face yeah. of adversity. So I shared that message to to on Instagram and Facebook and then <laughs> loads of people start getting back in touch going, that's amazing, that's exactly what I needed to hear today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so when it feels like I need to share something, I share yeah. it on Instagram and Facebook. It's a perfect way of doing it, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Okay, excellent. Hey, Sorrel Robbins, thank you so very much. That's You've a been pleasure. jabbering for a long time. It's It's been fantastic. I've learned a lot. The listeners have learned a lot and we salute you and... Wish you the very best. Thank you. I hope it made sense. <laughs> and cacao ceremonies on the horizon. Yes, lots. Right. Always. Every new moon. Let's do it. Thank you, Sorrel. That was awesome. Uh, loved that talk. I'm so grateful to you for spending some time in my company and for guesting on the podcast, episode three, Buddies Buddies. Um, 
yeah, as I say, all details, they are up top on the episode. You will have heard all of that and uh, links will be given. Get in on that cacao ceremony. Spaces get taken up in a blink of an eye. So, yeah, if you're, if you're in the least bit curious... It's totally worth just jumping in and taking the plunge. Um, it, by all accounts, is very transformational, and uh, it, you know it's not a lifelong commitment. Like you're not being signed up to anything, you know, forever. It's you know it, it's an experience that you can weave into your life, and it, yeah, it, it just it sounds incredible. And like, I've got I've got some friends who've engaged in it too, and it just yeah, I'm 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 well into it. It sounds lovely, and the you know the shamanic action as well very cool to know that that kind of stuff is happening around here so whether you're from out of town or whether you're from margate uh consider getting in touch with sorrel and the chamomile clinic lots of very very good things happening in there in other news so yeah a couple of other other little bits to tell you about so i did some music recently for um there's a podcast called uh, on drugs which is presented by comedian Jacob Hawley. Uh, so it's him kind of, it, he's sort of like doing a deep dive on the UK drug scene and culture and all that entails. It's, uh, I think it's about eight episodes deep. And yeah, I, I did a few tracks for that, uh, which is out now. Uh, if you have a little dig around for it, just type in Jacob Hawley, which is Jacob H-A-W-L-E-Y on drugs. You'll find it, it's on BBC Sounds. And uh, yeah, if you want to follow me, I am on Instagram at buddy underscore peace. Buddy underscore peace. That underscore is very important. Um, it separates me from some other doofus who's on there under the name Buddy Peace, whoever that doofus is. Uh, and on Bandcamp, you can hear a ton of my music. A lot of it's up there for free. You can just grab that download. Some of it's paid for. Um, some of the sort of longer, bigger projects. And yeah, you got my 2018 project where I made a one-minute beat every single day for the whole year. Uh, yeah, that was as draining as it sounds. Um, it's it's like it ended up being it basically in in uh, 365 minutes. You've got if you do a minute a day, that's like six and a half hours of music so it's like six albums basically or 12 short albums or eps however you want to look at it very tricky to listen to all in one admittedly but you know in an age where everyone's saying everyone's got add which i don't believe um yeah maybe it's your thing so yeah have a look on that it's called present that project a uh, bunch of other stuff too be cool if you have a listen there feel free to stream it download it do your thing and uh patreon if you want to have a look on patreon uh that's all on my website which is buddypeace.com the patreon isn't necessarily connected to this podcast but it's uh it's a chance for you to grab some um like i do these sort of monthly narrated cds and uh mixtapes and whatnot so have a look on there if you feel inclined no pressure thanks oh yeah well one more thing a couple of couple of recommendations while i'm on here so if you like hip-hop like i like hip-hop um you will like the dad bod rap pod podcast which has in my view one of the best names for a podcast um three proper heads just talking about hip-hop very geeky lots of inside references which you'll either love and appreciate or want to google um 
it, it's sort of how I would talk to other hip hop friends about hip hop, <laughs> I suppose. And it's really interesting guests. Like they recently had Homeboy Sandman, and they've had uh, Open Mike Eagle and a really cool hip-hop chatter on there uh, i'd also recommend the series succession which i've been recommended recently i was recommended it let's say five days ago and i've already blazed through season one uh the soundtrack is by the incredible nicholas Brittell, who did uh moonlight and if beale street could talk which are two of my all-time favorite soundtracks they are absolutely stunningly gorgeous so yeah uh, succession is basically how do i explain it rich white people lots of like assholeish behavior but it's uh the the narrative is very engaging and um yeah it's very entertaining so worth a shot and and the music tip if you enjoy ambient droney music uh, i hope you do um there's a lot of, there's a lot of good stuff out there i'd say start with stars of the lid if you're considering going down that route um but anyway the the label passed inside the present uh on Bandcamp is uh a label where i i basically bought the whole back catalog the other day and it's absolutely luscious it's it's wonderful um i mean i don't want to reduce it down to like music to sleep to but if you're having trouble sleeping it's it's perfect uh if you just want something to just you know have on in your headphones if you're writing or uh studying or whatever you're doing it's it's totally perfect it doesn't intrude but it also doesn't it's not background music by any means which i've never sort of never really enjoyed that term anyway because i I can't ever have stuff in the background like it like music is too foreground for for my ears i can't do it so yeah yeah this is this is ideal if, if you need that kind of thing yeah so i think that'll do it for this week next week who am i gonna have on it's a big surprise and a mystery uh i will figure that out in the next seven days uh, well, I'd, I'd better. Um, but yeah, it, it'll be a goodie. Trust me on that. Got some really cool chats coming up as well. Got some, got some cool ones locked in and lined up. So stay tuned, people. Um, really, really appreciate your ears and the comments and follows and all that malarkey. Catch up with me. Keep up with me. Give me some, give me some kind words, please. Oh, God, needy. Um, yeah, just keep in touch and i will see you next week for episode number four buddies buddies good day very best for me i'm buddy peace farewell peace Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.